Hey, welcome to Knee Down Podcast. I hope you enjoy. Please like and share if you do. Welcome to episode four. I am Aaron and today we've got quite a bit to talk about, which is nice. And I think because maybe lockdown rules and things like that have been loosening, we we have a lot more information coming out for MotoGP, which is so sick. So part one, MotoGP news, got some information on uh, Alex Marquez, the potential friction between Pooj and Mark Marquez and basically the Marquez family. Um, there's some information that Doohan has decided to chip in on and Stoner about Rossi. So some uh, some like like cool bits of shade and stuff that have been thrown about. And then with track days. Now Synergy Racing, they released a post saying that they're back, which is cool, which means that more track days and racing and stuff like that's going to start to get started, which is which is really good. MVT track days, as I said before, up and running. Uh, one interesting thing is in my last podcast mentioned about hopefully going to Ron Haslam Riding School, but on July 15th, they had a post that came out and uh, yeah, I'm going to go into that one. Part three, we've got fitness and going to what training I've been doing over the COVID period and how I'm sort of preparing myself to get ready for the track when I get to go back. But also a little bit on Fabio Quadraro and his take on training since coming coming more into, well, since his Moto3 years and how he's developing himself and who he's mimicking to make himself a better rider. But first of all, let's start with the MotoGP news. So I mentioned before, right, that Marquez, um, Alex Marquez, potentially is moving because they need to make way for Paul Espargaro. Um, now this little bit was taken from Motorcycle Sports and how worth having a little read, but basically they go into that Marquez signed a, a four-year contract with Honda, but from this article, they're suspecting that they try they might try and find a clause to break that maybe after two years, um, because I don't know. They they believe that the Spaniard would not fully comply with the deal because of Alberto Puj. Now I don't I haven't really been able to get much info on this. Like, what do you mean about Puj? Um, because he's making the deal to bring Paul in versus Alex so you know Paul's likely entry into the Repsol team in 21 will leave Alex Marquez out of that factory position um, now it has a, a section here it's kind of written like a quote but I don't know who says it but it goes I honestly don't want to be in Pooja's shoes the first time he meets in the garage with the Marquez brothers yeah, which is which is uh, which is true, and his dad. His dad's always there, so I think there might be a bit of friction. So uh, I mean, once they meet in the garage, probably a bit of friction, everything out there. But it goes on to say that yeah, there's probably a lot of clauses within Marquez's contract, and I think it's just speculating. Will will he try and find a way around it now that his brother is potentially going? So I don't know, right? Like, what do you think? Just because. Alex has been cut. Mark is going to um, change from the motorcycle that he's won on for so many years and done so well on, um, and sort of 
remove his loyalties? I don't know. Um, in his interviews, he was very like, he thought about what he was saying and how he said that he wasn't involved at all and it wasn't down to him, it wasn't his decision, he didn't have any influence, um, which is, you know, he said the right things, but I don't believe. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people out there probably don't believe it either. Um, but again, it's it's the world of motorsport and it's cutthroat. Therefore, like, should he not just let Alex have his own path um, and not have special treatment? Something to sort of think about on that one. And from motorcycle sports, um, then there was a quote that Dewan had given regarding Marquez. So he's throwing his two cents in on this one. Um, the quote is, It is strange that Honda takes Alex Marquez out of the team without making a single race. Which I agree with, and I think a lot of people have already said. Especially with all the, all the new riders coming in. Uh, they... You know they're they're on the line to get cut now this is definitely the case for alex so the quote goes it's a bit strange that honda takes alex marquez out of the official team without making a single race i have no doubt that paul would do well at honda but to be honest i don't know what honda's plans are um and that was apparently a quote that was given to the motor gp website so that's where motorcycle sports took that from um as I said, it's cutthroat, you know, and I think a lot of guys are going to be in this position. Now, I I think, this is what I think, Honda is a very smart uh, team, and they wouldn't have just had a plan just for this year. There's definitely got to be like a, well, I mean, Mark signed a four-year contract, for example, so that's a four-year plan right there. Now, would they have just said, okay, we're going to give Alex one year, just see what happens, and then we'll go with the flow? I don't think so. I reckon they were like, yeah, we'll give Alex a go. If he turns out to be like a, a Fabio Quartararo and just comes out the woodwork and absolutely smashes it, we'll keep him. But if not, plan B is we'll always go for uh, an alternative rider. And Paul was probably always on, uh, on their radar. And they've just gone for plan B. There's been no no information that they can um, plan their business on and the day it is, is like a business uh, from zero races in this year and contracts are getting signed so I guess they're feeling under the pressure Alex only had one year contract it's weird isn't it it's weird but I think they're just following through with whatever whatever con consistencies that they had sort of set themselves up with contingencies should i say but in all honesty i mean nothing has been set in stone we don't have any any actual contracts that have been signed by paul or alex is he going to go to the satellite team what does that mean for carl um or takaki nakagami uh, you know what the hell's going on or is alex going to stay where he is the good news is though is that we do have races starting in 2020, which is sick. Although it's going to be a weird year, or end of the year, it's already been a weird year, um, we do have some races, which are going to start in July. So we got Spain, we got the Jerez circuit on the 19th of July. So everyone get your calendars ready. 
And then we have um, Hereth again on the 26th of July. Then we have the Auto Automotodrome in Czech Republic on the 9th of August. Then Austria. So we got the the Red Bull Ring twice, like the Hereth Ring. So on the 16th of August and the 23rd of August. Um, Mizano, 13th of September, 20th of September. And then they go to Catalonia. 27th of September, Le Mans on the 11th of October, Aragon on the 18th of October, and again on the 25th of October, uh, Valencia 8th of November, and the 15th of November. And then underneath it does have Americas, Argentina, Thailand, and Mal Malaysia, but no dates as of yet on those. Um, Are potentially somewhat evening races there is an asterisk but I can't see it on any of the ones that I've mentioned and oh, okay so those those other ones the Americas Argentina Thailand and Malaysia those events and dates to be confirmed before 31st July so I'm hoping that means that we will also have those races but it's it's a big question mark hey that's good that's good. We've got quite a few. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 races so far. A couple of duplicates at a track. And what does that mean? Like, there hasn't been two races at one track. Um, I'm curious. I'm excited. Is it just going to be the same winner? Or are the teams going to have that much data that they're going to be able to really make vast improvements? Because that's a lot of testing time, a lot of free practice um, sessions, a race simulation, basically, to prepare themselves for the second one. I hope Mark gets uh, gets a lot of pressure, just because I don't want him to run away with it. <laughs> let's, ha let's have some pressure um, and just make it a good fight. Because that's, uh, I think, you know, that makes it exciting. I want Suzuki up there, um, see how Rins does. And he doesn't flop it, just crash it when he's leading, like he did a few times in 2019. Uh, but I think Fabio will be up there. Um, you know, to to end off this whole crazy 2020, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a good good year. Anyway, before I digressed, we were talking about like uh, riders moving, um, and it's all rumors. But you know, you know, what's that saying? Hey, the where there's smoke, there's fire. So all this, all these rumors have got to come from somewhere. And um, when you when you like watch the MotoGP throughout a normal season, should we say, um, there's always a silly season. There's always the rumors, but you, you know what? All those rumors usually come true. <laughs> so there's a strong possibility, Bob's, that you know this is what's going to fucking happen. Um, which is cool. Which is cool. I think it's gonna it's gonna shake things up and change it up. And carrying on with MotoGP news, we have got Rossi. Rumoured to move to the Patronus Yamaha, yeah, which we kind of already knew. So this is from Crash.net. Um, a little bit on Marquez's shoulder. And also, what I found really interesting is Erfen Vazquez. He had penalties for not meeting his weight. And I didn't realize this was a thing. So, first of all, uh, Rossi. Now, the, the article itself doesn't doesn't really touch much on about him going to 
the Sadlar team. It's more about a discussion with Stoner um, and Stoner's opinion on Rossi about moving to Patronus Yamaha next season. But, you know, it's, a, it's, 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 it's his point of view. Uh, I feel it's a little shady, but they did have quite a few clashes back in their, their sort of heyday, hey. Heyday, hey. Um, but is what he's saying realistic? Uh, it's, it's, his, it's his sort of thoughts anyway. So the article is, so this is a quote from him. I believe if he left the sport a little earlier, he would have left a legacy, which he still always will. Yeah, I mean, Rossi's a joke, bro. <laughs> like, this this Oak is, is going to leave that legacy regardless. Um, is he struggling at the moment? Yeah, but he's 41. You know, he's he's still doing a hell of a lot. He's still doing a lot better than many, many riders out there. Um, so, yeah, I think he's still got it. Anyway, uh, so that was from ESPN, quote. But now he's showing himself to be very beatable. I mean, yeah, he is being a lot more beatable. Uh, you know, we've got Fabio's who's putting his paces on. But, you know, he didn't do too bad in 2019. Um, regardless, Mark did crash at uh, the America's race. And he ended up pulling second. But it has been a while. So it does say in this that Rossi won seven Premier Class titles between 2001 and 2009. But he hasn't won a race since 2017 so you know you know, he's got his uh, pretty hectic uh, draft spell going on um and yeah he then lost his factory yamaha place to fabio quadraro for 2021 but with yamaha guaranteeing a satellite seat for the 41 year old chooses to race next year you know what don't count out valentino rossi the oak still pulls in um a huge number of supporters which is really good for the sport um, and increase the popularity as much as possible. Yeah, so, end of the day, don't ride off Rossi. Um, going on to the little bit about Marquez's shoulder, so he obviously he's had a reoccurring shoulder issue for, for a long time now. I believe it like, um, kept dislocating. He's had surgery quite a few times. Um, going into pre-season, I know that he, he said he wasn't 100% fit. Um, so going from... AS.com, apparently, because um, it's it's taken on the crash.net. Uh, basically, since since coronavirus has sort of eased off for him, uh, he's resumed motocross training and has declared that his shoulder is now working uh, normally, which is good. Yeah, you know, I want everyone to be as fit and healthy as possible, and I'm sure all the other riders do as well. Um, if you can beat so if someone could beat Mark at a at his peak fitness, his peak ability, then there's going to be so much more merit in that win um, going forward. So yeah, glad to glad to hear that he's he's getting a lot healthier and back up and running. Now onto this penalisation for weight. I'm super interested in this. So basically, Moto Three racer Efren Vasquez has revealed the financial penalty faced if he was unable to reach the minimum class weight for the 2014 race season. And this was with Racing Team Germany. This is mad. So he said, when I signed the contract with him, 
Dirk Heidorf, I had a penalty that was 500 euros per day per kilo. That was outside the weight that he, that he stipulated for me. So I'm guessing Dirk did. Dirk Heidorf um, stipulated the weight that he needed to be. And 500 bucks per day per kilo. That's hectic, man. So the weight was stipulated was the minimum weight that I had to carry as a rider so that the bark didn't have to carry ballast. It was 57 kilos. Given that we lost seven or eight kilos, I didn't care about losing nine. I stayed at 55 kilos throughout the year. That's so crazy. 55 kilos as well as a, as a male. Um, I don't know how old he is. If it's Moto3, I'm guessing quite young. But that is small, hey. Um, and that's, I mean, that just shows that these barkers even have it in their contracts about hitting weight. I wonder if there was something similar for Petrucci. Because between, I think it was 2018 and 2019, there was a significant weight loss that he uh, he showed. And he was struggling to like maintain that weight loss. So obviously his his natural weight was a lot higher. I'm sure a lot of the riders are. Um, their natural weight might be a lot higher. Um, so yeah, I wonder if Petrucci had a similar thing in his uh, his contract. That's mental though. Anyway, um, we're going to wrap that up for the MotoGP news. Quite a lot out there. Uh, a lot about Marquez, Ross, a little bit about Rossi. Some shade getting thrown in from X-Riders. Uh, Marquez potentially back to full health. And this uh, super interesting 500 euros a day per kilo that he's overweight for this German rider. Uh, I think that's hectic. Um, imagine, imagine a lot of us like coming off lockdown um, and being told, "Now nah, we got 500 pound per day uh, per kilo that we we are overweight." Someone's going to get rich. Now, part two, go into a little bit about track day news, and um, this is coming from. MSVT and they just they so they announced that uh, track days are now back and more dates have just been released so yeah quite a few track days out there now with uh, MSV um, and I think get booking hey if you if you want to get out on the track just gotta take it easy I suppose um, quite a few barks already shown up on Facebook nice nice uh, nice Rex I saw one one guy put his Ducati on there and he was like you're chasing this uh, CB500 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what is it with track addicts and uh, CB five hundred. I haven't I haven't caught that one yet, but uh, seems to be a concurring joke and it's quite funny. And uh, also another one from Synergy Racing, and they put "We are back." Lockdown has been long and tough for everyone. Having a prepared bike ready to go, sat doing nothing, has been torture. Not anymore. See us at Alton Park tomorrow with no limits track days and racing school. So that's pretty cool. I don't know who Synergy Racing is. Um, I'm guessing that's a team, but they they've you know they're just putting out there that they're super happy to be be uh, back on track, and couldn't agree more. So many so many of us out there that just want to get back on track um, and enjoy enjoy the ride. Um, that's pretty much it for. Oh yeah, Ron Haslam School. So I wanted to go July the 15th, but due to the fact that old uh, cheeky COVID is pulling mega, mega issues here in England um, on the June the 15th, 
they release a statement. I won't really go into the whole thing, um, but basically they, as a lot of businesses, they pull back on their staff and from uh, the office, so they were unable to sort of respond to dates, and they pulled all their dates off, because originally I did look, and I could see that July the 15th had availability, and now it doesn't. Um, and they just said, yeah, keep keep an eye out. Um, it does go into like that, I think, because they are a school. So they're saying that we have automatically and legally fallen in with the phase three part of the government's lockdown procedures. Um, so whereas other s track days are open, maybe because this is like more a school and there's the tutor element, they um, they aren't able to open yet. They need to wait until some more guidelines and things have been released so you know play you know being safe which is important in this uh this pretty crazy time looking forward to that being back up and running though um improving bike skills are super important to me and i know a lot of other riders out there Alrighty, now part three this is definitely um my favorite sections fitness as i have the the track day fitness uh page on facebook and instagram i'm, I'm really trying to help uh track riders so motorcycle riders out there improve their sport specific fitness to be better riders end of the day uh there's not a lot of information out there and um yeah you know that's where i really want to focus training on so i've i've sort of over this lockdown period i've gone up and down in my training um trying to get to grips with training at home i don't have any gym equipment um or the, the space really to have equipment and also that the price of things are absolutely ludicrous so looking at a couple of um dumbbells and we're looking at like if we're looking at like 30 kilo dumbbells they they range up to 180 pounds it's an absolute joke so i'm just waiting for the gyms to be open to be honest because end of the day we do need to have some we do need to have some weights involved in our, our routine even if we are specifically focusing on track riding or races um, as I've said I'm, I'm hoping to work more with races in the future working with uh, Paros in Australia at the moment so well I was we've had to put a pause on it <laughs> thanks to COVID but um, looking forward to things getting back up and running anyway what I've been doing so far is we've got uh, five training sessions in the week we've got two cardio sessions and three body weight sessions including some yoga in there and uh, just general stretch sessions to make the, the body as mobile as possible. So this has sort of been the, the basic uh, routine. Monday, we got a 5K steady pace. So uh, if this is day one, go out there, put a 5K, see what you get. Note down that time and see where it goes from there. It's a steady state pace. Um, follow that by the neck routine because we want to keep the want to keep stimulating that neck, improve the strength and improve its mobility. Tuesday, we've got bodyweight circuit, start at three sets in week one. Um, and the, the bodyweight circuit range goes from starting on like a shoulder press and we're going to build up to a handstand shoulder press. But I was using the sofa first. I'm on week four at the moment. Um, made pretty significant gains in terms of um, how many reps I'm able to handle and the stress that my shoulders are able to go through. So we've got some shoulder press, we've got some dorsal raise, press-ups, squats. We're doing a three-second pause on the squats. We've got single calf raise, uh, lateral squats. So we're going from 
uh, side to side so we can really focus on the adductors and also get that movement as if we're shifting our weight from each side of the bike uh, like you do when you go into a corner and then crunches and leg raises for some core work so that's the that's the basic routine and that gets repeated three times in the week and then as I've gone from week one two three and four I've steadily progressed um, the reps and sets and coming into week four I just changed up a few exercises as well on uh, so on Monday was the 5k steady state Tuesday Friday and Sunday were the body weight exercises and on Thursday was the second running session this was a little bit different this was my fartlek run uh, so I was doing too many too too many two minutes at a steady state run then I was doing a one minute push so increase that pace increase that intensity and then I, I brought it all the way back down to a two minute walk so it was a total of a, a five minute segment um, and I repeated that as many times as um, I could in a total distance of five kilometers so obviously the whole point is to uh, we're doing a, a change in our speed so the physiological demands are being changed um, in set segments which is really good because in those one minute pushes you can you can really push yourself hold it for a minute and it's going to be a lot faster than you're holding your whole 5k steady state but if we can increase those increments how many times we do those increments of one minute then we are going to make some significant progress which is decent, you know. Um, and at the end of the day, just getting out there and running is going to make progress, especially if we're doing none in the first place. Yeah, so it's been a it's been a good first couple of four weeks. A um, couple of four weeks, been a good four four weeks going uh, going forward. And I'm hoping that the gyms are going to be open in July uh, to get some resistance work, uh, but still focusing on track specific fitness which brings me to a nice little article about Fabio Quadraro okay so it's from uh, motorsport motorsport.com and um, basically it's about Quadraro says Marquez has raised the bar for fitness so Quadraro is basically saying that he has mimicked his sort of training style to what Marquez has been known to do. Um, the level, so this is a quote, the level of demand in training that there is now in the World Championship was established by Mark. He raised the bar. And that's from Quadraro, he told motorsport.com. And this was both in Moto3, Moto2, and obviously in MotoGP. Before Marquez debuted in 2013, nobody trained as much as now. Mark won the first 10 races of 2014 and we saw how he continued training to the death. Interesting. Um, so a lot of it though is, is it looks like Mark has been using um, as much bike specific training as possible. So uh, incorporating a lot of motocross. Um, so it's a lot of dirt track riding. And this is what Quadraro has started to mimic as well. Because I think the thing, what it is, is um, it's so hard to get the right stimulus to train that mimics what you actually do on the bike. 
now for these guys they have the the funds and probably the land available as well to do a lot of motocross uh, a lot of dirt bikes i don't know if this is fully motocross in terms of jumps and things like that like supercross or it's going to be more sort of flat flat based but the demands from dirt biking require a lot more movement there are a lot more variables from the the track surface uh, so that muscular engagement is going to be a lot higher and the transferable factor from that to the GP is a lot more realistic than other things that you could be doing uh, that are out there so yeah it's, it's very very specific to the sport because you're you're on a bike um, and you're putting the body through challenges but not everyone has this accessibility you know a lot of us out there we have one motorbike um, we, we can't have a dirt bike and a road bike and keep paying to go to track days also going for dirt bike meets um, you know we're not made of the we're not made of the dollary diddle so we just got to do what we can um, however though it looks like this is very transferable from from riding the dirt bike going into motor gp we're engaging we're engaging the right muscles we're putting the stresses on there and then it's going to keep you fit and healthy however uh what quadro did say is that it is specifically training more dirt bike riding and not um doing just track days because he doesn't like the transition from a street bike to a gp bike so that's super interesting but what i've really really liked about fabio is that he has put a lot of posts out there on his fitness. You can see that he he definitely went to a sports scientist um, at some point earlier in the year because he was doing a VO2 max test. You can you can see him on the treadmill, and it looks like he's got Douglas bags set up, so he's doing a VO2 max test. Now, basically, this is just showing your your maximal oxygen consumption, and this can be done on a on a treadmill or a bicycle, but you basically push yourself. Uh, to the ultimate limit and you, you're going to you're going to measure your your ultimate um, aerobic endurance level from this uh, it's a it's a very very difficult test to 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 do as a participant um, but it's very effective in terms of measuring your vo2 max but what this says to me is that either he or yamaha is taking every element um as serious as possible if we're getting a vo2 max test that means we have a baseline level we can start working on various training regimes in order to improve that um, and then he'll probably end up doing another vo2 max test maybe maybe 8 to 12 weeks down the line but it's going to be something that can be be measured against and uh, work and be able to work his program around so we'll have some good measurements Super interesting. I would, I would love to be involved in that. But, you know, what I like about this is Fabio's been a lot more transparent with his, his training regime. Um, you know, putting it out there, especially around his cardiovascular fitness. I mean, he's not put any data out there of what he actually can achieve, but he's shown that he's getting it done. You know what? I'm sure a lot of riders are. But end of the day, he's showing, he's showing us. And I think that's going to help a lot of, a lot of the followers of MotoGP to sort of think about it themselves, especially if they are an amateur 
rider or semi-pro and working them themselves up. Because um, like I've said before, I feel like this is a very neglected area in, in uh, motorsport. Um, not a lot of people get into it as much or, or, th- or think of themselves as an athlete because at the end of the day, we are athletes, or at least they are. <laughs> um, I would love to be there, wish I was. I'm sure many of you out there do too, but you've got to think of every single variable and uh, smash it to the best as you can. Their skill on a bike, though, obviously outweighs this. But if you can, uh, if you can prove everything just that little bit, then you can give yourself the best possibility to be the best rider out there. You know what? That about that about ends it. Sums it up uh, quite nicely for today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. We've covered quite a lot in terms of the MotoGP news out there, which I find very interesting. Let me know if uh, there's anything that you would like to hear a little bit more about. Um, if you have friends that are interested in this sort of information, please share it. Um, give me a like on on social media uh, and a follow. And uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be keep releasing these these podcasts and just chatting about uh, MotoGP fitness and track days as well as we get further into 2020. Thank you so much. Until next time, keep your knees down, and I'll catch you later. <laughs>